Welcome to the podcast experiment. Welcome to the podcast experiment. I'm Dave. And I'm Vic. And here we go. But I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I kind of like... All right, I'm not, you know, this is no secret. I, I'm a big fan of uh, The Nerdist, and I, and I like how they have... They have their lead in and lead out, but also they have a kind of a computery sort of a. Do you mean how to end it? Just literally like what to say, or you mean have like an ending? I think like both. We talked about with our have like a two minute. I don't know. I think I think both. What's my beef or something is, uh, you know, or a two minute. Just a just a way to close it. We got to figure that out. I mean, it is a, an experiment, but still. Like at some point, the experiment. <laughs> must end yield something <laughs> it was still experimenting 10 years later like the experiment never ends I guess a good close the experiment never ends here at the podcast but the podcast does <laughs> but right now welcome to the podcast experiment I'm Dave and I'm Vic and here we go uh, so what can we do what, what, uh, all right. right I guess we wanted to talk about Wonder Woman we wanted to talk about Wonder Woman a movie that had uh, come out a couple of weeks ago, done very, very well. Uh, we got a chance to see it the night before, but I, I have now seen it three times. Oh my gosh! <laughs> what did what did? How about, have you seen it more than once? I have not. What, what? Why not? Has your wife seen it? No time. My wife has seen it separately, and she liked it a lot. Okay. You know, I guess she has some of the same questions slash problems we have. But uh, no, overall, she liked it a lot. Well, when you say questions, problems, okay, so what? Let's get into it, okay? So, Wonder Woman. Do we start with the negatives? <laughs> we could we could talk about. So you so you're saying there are negatives. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> there's just some very few negatives. I, I could pick apart any movie if I wanted. Sure. Well, so okay, so Wonder Woman, uh, Gal Gadot. Aren't you glad we taught? You all had to say her name properly in previous podcast and now, experiment and now episodes. Now the world, now you weren't embarrassed when you were going to take your friends yeah, to go and like, see. They're like, oh, that Gal Gadot is hot. So it, nope. It's Gadot. Gadot. Like, now how she's do a, you know? Because like, I watched, I listened to the podcast. Exactly. And now she's a big star. Yep. Uh, because I've, I've heard other people now saying her name right. Uh-huh. They weren't saying it right before. So a lot of people have said straight out that... Um, like oh you know Wonder Woman uh, has has single-handedly uh, saved the DC uh, you know cinematic mm-hmm. franchise universe because because I hate that they're calling it the same cinematic universe because they're just basically DCU? aping yeah they're calling it DCU which is we should be the DCCU yep <laughs> it should if they're gonna do that but they're calling it DCEU extended universe oh. which is I don't understand why. It's a cinematic universe. Anyway, um, but they're saying the movie single-handedly sort of saved it. But that only puts more pressure on the Justice League movie, which was in the middle of being made by the guy who who had done the two of them not well. Because that Um, didn't work too well for the... uh, Man of Steel. (laughs) Well, I know Man of Steel and then... Batman Superman wasn't very good. And uh. Did they put a lot of pressure on a Suicide Squad uh. to make that like this has to be the next big thing? And it didn't make a lot of money, but that was a bad but movie it was too. And good, you could tell yeah. they kind of changed midstream and like 
Yes. Let's do this, that, and the other thing. It doesn't always work. So, like, don't, you know, the jury's still out on whether or not they got it right. Like, oh, now let's breathe a sigh of relief because now the, I know the Aquaman movie is going to be good and this and that because Wonder Woman was good. It's like, no, because I could still make like, <laughs> exactly. a crappy. But, but also because Wonder uh, Justice League was in the middle of being yeah. made while, well, and, and probably the, the, the greatest advantage that Wonder Woman had, the movie Wonder Woman had, was that it took place before... It's not connected to any of the other... Any of those other movies. And Detective so, Comics Extended Universe. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's what DC stands <laughs> for, everybody. Um, uh, the director's name is Patty Jenkins, okay? And she directed Monster, and she's actually done um, Arrested Development, a couple episodes yeah. of that, and she had done The Killing. So she has a, a big range, and she's done some, some dark movies and some heavy stuff. And, but she came in, she apparently really wanted to do a Superman movie, Superman was a big, she was big, hmm. famous, uh, famously a big fan of uh, Superman. Uh, but she also wanted to do a Wonder Woman movie. She was also going to do the second Thor movie. Yeah. Right? And, and and it was a big, uh, um, one of the More reasons creative why. creative differences. Yeah, but it was creative differences, but it was long, it wasn't really, she was, they, they were announced, she was announced, and then... Long before they came to shooting it, um, you know, she just decided to not be a part of it. it Which is how it, it usually happens. That right. happens a lot. She didn't get tranked. No. Uh, what does tranked mean again? <laughs> well, Josh Trank, who directed, uh, I can't remember the name of that movie, where the kids in... Chronicle. Chronicle, they get superpowers in high school. Sure. Then With Michael B. Jordan. It was a big hit. Died well, not a big black. hit, but people liked it. And... They chose him, Josh Trank, Josh to Trank. do, I believe, the standalone Boba Fett movie, I think. That's mm. what I heard. So originally, the, the way I heard it was, I thought he, maybe they were, they were beginning to do these Star Wars, Star Wars standalones, movies, standalones at, at the same time that they're doing uh, you know, the, the new series that J.J. Abrams was doing. And Josh was originally supposed to do uh, Rogue One. Oh, is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. And, uh, because I told, cause I read recently about the Boba Fett movie. I'm like, that's not how I remembered it. But I guess he was going to do one of the Star Wars standalone movies. Yeah. And, and then, well, so he had also done, he had, he had quite famously done um, a short film and it was called like a fight at Leia's party or something it was basically like a house party with a bunch of kind of kids like hanging out and fooling around and then two of them get into a fight and it looks like found footage where someone's like you know a bunch of kids are just fooling around and having a party but then two kids kind of like get into a fight and pull lightsabers on each other and so it's kind of it it looks it looks real it, it's done like, with like a, yeah, like Chronicle, and that's actually what he used to, you know, and then stormtroopers come and kind of break up the party, and you kind of realize, oh, the conceit was like, these weren't just like kids in the in the suburbs or whatever, this was like in the Star Wars universe, and it was kind of fun, kind of clever. And Lucas sued him. No, he didn't. <laughs> uh, Lucas loved it. Um, but it he used that, they, they parlayed that into kind of pitching a, a superhero found footage movie which is Chronicle and so he was all on board and and he was going into and Chronicle made a lot of money and he was going into making big movies um, and um, the producer who who's also a writer uh, Simon Kinberg I think his oh, name man. is so he was 
producing. He was co-writing because I think Kinberg co-wrote or was one of the producers for Rogue One, right? But His he name was in the credits. So he was gearing up Rogue One, but he was on board for doing uh, Fantastic Four, dun, dun, and dun. and the two of them basically. Trank signed on to do Rogue One, which didn't have a title, or at least it was an under wraps title. And there's all this business. And then they, but then Kinberg, Simon Kinberg, and uh, Josh Trank went on to do this. Why are we talking about this? We're supposed to be talking about Wonder Woman. But anyway. um, But Patty Jenkins actually didn't get trained. But Fantastic Four. um, But Fantastic Four was awful. Did really bad. But also. So bad that he lost his job. Whatever. I heard he also kind of was a little overwhelmed by a big studio picture. Hmm. But he had said that if, uh, you know, everybody got a chance to actually see his Fantastic Four, it would have been much better and blah, blah, blah. We'll never know. But, but Patty Jenkins wasn't overwhelmed <laughs> but, when she but, directed but Wonder Woman. But Josh Trank got fired from Rogue One yes. before they even went in. And that's then they got brought in Gareth Edwards and everyone was happy. So now people like to say somebody got tranked when they... <laughs> They're lined up to do a movie, but in the meantime, they make another bad movie. <laughs> and so, so they get replaced they get, on this other movie because people are like, oh, sh- this guy doesn't know how to direct. Or, and they get tranked. Um, but so Patty Jenkins was going to do a big superhero movie, and, it, and she thought it was going to be Thor. It didn't happen. And, uh, and then Wonder Woman came up, and, and so she was pumped to do Wonder Woman, and it seemed like it was very cool. But then what was really funny about it was that the behind the scenes, you hear that the studio was like, with some of the best sequences in Wonder Woman, the studio kind of, like she had to fight for them, like the No Man's Land sequence. Apparently, she wanted to, you know, she had to pitch and kind of put together that whole sequence and fight tooth and nail for it to stay in the movie. That's one of the most iconic parts of that movie. Uh, you know, what do, what do you have to say about that? Like, I... I think it's very interesting that hindsight, of course, is twenty twenty. But it's it's always funny when the director wins those arguments, and then, you know, I mean, I, I wonder how much they kind of in you know behind closed doors they say like I told you so to the people that basically shut them out. Mm-hmm. Once it's all successful, they love to just smooth those details over and kind of say like Robert Evans. Robert Evans, for those little trivia, he produced The Godfather. Among other movies, he was yeah. a big-time producer back in the 70s. And he took, obviously, a lot of credit for The Godfather being, like, the biggest movie of all time. Yeah. But Francis Ford Coppola was like, if it was up to Robert Evans, The Godfather would be set in the 1970s and star Ryan O'Neill and Ernest Borgnine. Right. <laughs> like, that's, that's what, that was his idea. <laughs> but Coppola had to fight for, like, real Italian actors and to set it in the 40s and everything else. But then when it comes out, the producer's like, oh, like, smoking a cigar. Like, like, look what I did. Look what I did. You know, like, what's-his-name wanted... That famous uh, death of Superman lives oh. or whatever. You know, like, I want Superman to fight like giant spiders or something. Yeah, and, like, yeah, that was the producer's producer, idea. Uh, Joel, J- John Peters. Yeah. John Peters. He's like, the script is good, but Superman should be fighting like giant robot spiders or something. It's like, what? Like, what does that need to be in the movie? No, like the <laughs> he, he also like, no, <laughs> take it back and put some giant robot spiders in. He wanted to, he wanted to give Superman a big furry friend because the Star Wars movies yeah. were re-released and, and they, they, he liked how Han Solo had Chewbacca. That reminds me, before I meant to make a joke about, oh. we were talking about the Han Solo movie. Maybe yeah. there's too much, uh, what do you call
you know, when people Im- improv. Improv, yeah. I'm just thinking of like Chewbacca improv. <laughs> <laughs> like in his Chewbacca voice. You know, it's like, <laughs> Chewbacca. That was a and problem every, with the And movie. only half of the people laughed. Yeah, because no, not everybody knows Wookiee. <laughs> He's going off script. But then when do you know? <laughs> the, the script supervisor's like, nope, Chewbacca just went off script. <laughs> Again. Cut. Cut. <laughs> you can't call it cut. Rain, rain it in. Rain it in, Chewie. To Chewie. Anyway, but Wonder um, Woman was very good. Very good. So, so, uh, so Patty Jenkins. All right. Now she directed a hundred million dollar uh, movie to well over a hundred million dollars, and that 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 made a lot of money worldwide. And blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Made more than Batman vs Superman. Sure did. And I mean, come on now. Uh, were you happy no. with everything with that movie? Well, not everything, but it, it definitely did what it needed to do, and it definitely kind of like. Not bringing Marvel into the equation. Sure, bring Marvel into the equation. They definitely, I they think they peeked over at Marvel and they were like, this whole dark dark Man of Steel, dark Batman versus Superman is not working. We need to like lighten it up, literally and figuratively. Like It actually is in daytime. <laughs> like when she's on Themyscira, it's like very sunny. And I mean, it's supposed to be sunny in a sure. beautiful island. But even, I mean, London's foggy and stuff, but cloudy. But at least you could like see the action. You could... The characters kind of have a little humor to them, like a lot of humor by uh, Chris Pine's character. Yeah. Lightens up the whole movie. Because that's what people... Also, people, like... When I think of myself reading comic books as a kid, they were like, they were fun. <laughs> and I like I, I enjoyed reading them. And they had, like, bright colors on the page. Right. You know, and once in a while, you'll get, like, a Watchmen or something that was, like, serious. Sure. But still, even that was, like... Those are iconic, but they had Still superheroes had superheroes in them. <laughs> right. And I think kind of, like, they went the wrong way. We talked about this with the DC movies. But this was kind of, it was like a Marvel movie in disguise as a DC movie. And I'm not saying they shouldn't take credit for it like they just copied Marvel. I'm saying they, it's not like Marvel owns the rights to like making a good movie, (laughs) happy comic book movies. But they, by design. That's the most thing. Like, yeah, like you say, by design. They're like, we got to make this movie more, you know, and they know probably little girls are going to be going to see it and stuff. So they got to make it. It can't make it that dark because. She's a hero to like little girls everywhere, Wonder Woman. So, well, so what's really funny is that doesn't mean like when I said before. There's like problems with it. That's just like little script. Oh yeah, no, problems I, I agree. I, I mean, there's things I can. I, we're gonna. I, I hope to get to, but I think uh, good casting. Good casting. That's half the battle as well. I mean. Well, so okay, so so she was the best part of Batman versus Superman, and I think she was the best part because she wasn't in most of it <laughs> or, or she wasn't in it a she lot. she wasn't damaged by the movie exactly uh and so when she shows up she shows up to kind of save the day even she in that movie of, she's kind of like she's light-hearted light-hearted she's like enjoying what she's doing like she enjoys being a superhero yeah unlike the other guys who are just miserable <laughs> is she with you i thought, I thought she, she was, was with you. you um joss whedon wrote that <laughs> no he didn't <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I will I will say it's really funny too because uh, even the director Patty Jenkins said this about Gal Gadot, which is what I said when I first saw her um, or I heard she was cast. It was like I don't know if she's right for it, but she was very good. She's the best part of Batman versus Superman, and uh, I am now a big fan of her as Wonder Woman. And the director said the same thing. She said she was heartbroken because she was kind of hoping to be up for Wonder Woman or something like that. And then she'd heard 
this woman was cast and she was like, oh, I don't know if this is the right person. But then she saw some of the footage, I guess, or got a chance to meet her and saw how committed she was to being Wonder Woman. And so the director was like, oh, wow, you know, she's really, really good. I agree. Um, I think that what's what's funny is a lot of what you just said can there's like the, like again like I said there's the the hindsight the the 2020 of hindsight right and you can kind of say like after the fact oh yeah it needed to be this and da 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 but the truth of the matter is I'm pretty sure that while they were definitely saying ooh we got to make this a little brighter and they look to Marvel to model things I also think that. Uh, there were probably choices that were made by the director, by the creative people that definitely swung against. I'm I'm sure that she had to fight almost all the battles. It's a creative choice also to like, and smart to distance yourself from, because at this point, I mean, I don't know how, like we're really into movies, so we know sure. all the stories and how they go, but and I think people were like, Superman was a downer and, you know, Man of Steel, like Batman vs. Superman was a downer and it was dark. Like, they don't want to see another. If they saw, like, a dark Wonder Woman, they just, they would just check out, like, right after seeing the trailer. So you want to, like, it almost doesn't fit with those other movies. Yeah. Which is a smart move. So people... I think it was a very smart move. So, <clears throat> so let's get into the movie, though, right? So Wonder Woman is... Th- there's so many ways to look at that, this movie, right? You could look at it like... It's a mar. It's like, like you said, with like, you know, it's a Marvel movie. It's it's one part Captain America and one part Thor, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's it has these sort of elements. But she's, you know, it's a woman and da da da. You know, you could look at it as, hey, we're finally elevating this character who everyone has known, and lots of people have said, hey, how come there isn't one of these? Um. And we're finally making this, you know, make making a movie with her in it. Um, or you could just go in and go in completely fresh, right? Because I remember I, I was talking again with Pierce, and I see when I when I watch the movie, there's a, there's so many moments that I see lifted from other movies, right? Like you know, either outright lifted or sort of like nods or borrows homage. Well, there's an homage. The Superman homage, but there's like that's moments. That's not a nod to Superman. Mm, that's a an homage, a nod. But is it what a I'm wink saying is, the Superman. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a it's a tipped hat. Ah, you're tipping it, tip of the hat to Superman. But no, but then there's moments. There there are things that are just totally lifted from other movies and just repurposed for this movie. Um, and when you know, because we know movies and we see this stuff all the time. I see it, and all I see is what it, it's what it was. But I have to kind of separate myself and kind of imagine. I mean, there, I know there's. I had said to uh, a friend, I was like, "Well, I suppose for every one of me, there's ten people that don't know these references." But my friend had said, "Yeah, it's it's a lot closer to a hundred other people who have no idea what it isn't, and or what it you know what it's taking from," and so. You know, I I can accept that, um, and so not knowing the references, I I kind of try to ask myself: Is it good? Is it better? 
or is it just good if you're just kind of seeing this for the first time? Now, I still don't know if I'm fully the person to judge, and I do feel like, uh, I really do feel like she had to kind of struggle to kind of get anything done yes. of any. She's a woman. Of any, no, not In because Hollywood. she's a woman. I, I honestly think because, you know, everybody was just gonna try and rein it in, and you know, because there hadn't been a successful Wonder Woman movie everyone probably was throwing their two cents in and not just letting her lead the ship, mm-hmm. you know? Does that get back to what we were saying about the producer having a lot of power? Because the producer, at least in the Marvel world, has the vision and has it all laid out and has it all... I, mean, I read an article about the new Spider-Man, how there's like literally like a map that they can unfold and it shows like a timeline of all the Marvel movies and how they fit... Maybe with the DC movies, the way they've been not so good is because they don't have that overarching view. So when she comes in, it's like, I think the movie should have this scene and that scene. They're like, ah, they like seem like confused. Or she has to fight for things because they don't have that vision Yeah, I, I also out. think I also they're think just like, there's make a some Wonder people Woman that movie. have a vision and others that are just studio people that want to make her, you know, fight a big giant uh, mechanical spider. Mm-hmm. And so it's like... She had and to with every s- disappointing movie that comes out, right? There's more pressure to make this like big a better hit. one. So yeah. it's like, oh, and they got to like walking on eggshells with Wonder Woman. It's and like, so, and, and and what was, uh, you know, Marvel now has the clout and has been around and very clearly was brought into the world by people who cared about it, right? And so, yeah, that now they're successful producers, but. And, and directors and all this other stuff. But they had been designing this, closely loving the comics, closely wanting to make, you know, protect it and make it really good. And, uh, you know, not just now getting Jeff Johns and getting Joss Whedon to kind of be a part of, of the DC movies. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, now they're actually like, hey, maybe we should listen to these comic book guys, you know? And, and so it's just kind of sad. But, um, but back to it. I there's things about it I really enjoyed, okay, and uh, I think that uh, I'm sure that she if there's anything I'm I'm basically trying to say up front anything I didn't like I'm not even giving credit yeah, or I'm not doesn't affect a, the overall no no I'm also movie. saying it's not the director's fault I'm saying it's probably somebody else's fault <laughs> <laughs> I I definitely think that um, they were going light. And there's moments in it that are very kind of light, uh, unfleshed out. There are moments in there where there's some connective tissue moments where you're just like, nope, this isn't really working. But on the whole, I think there were some bold, bold things that were happening. And those bold things were a lot of fun. Um, But starting right out. I like that Wonder Woman was a woman, knew what she wanted. And she went for it. Her character was like true to herself. And, you know, not to, again to compare it to Superman, who's all like, Superman. I don't know if I want to be a superhero. And I'm all <laughs> going to go grow a beard and work on a tanker. And, this, you know, like she wants to be a hero. She yeah. wants to save people. And, like, that's, that's important to have that character. Like, she's kind of like starts off the movie as a little girl wanting to be a hero and just continues all the way through the end of the movie wanting to be. Like, use her powers for good. Sure. Even in present day. I don't know what happened to her since World War One. Well, so... That's one of the little plot the, things. There's, like, there's, a fun, there's a lot of fun things that I, I liked about it. I really liked that 
the Wonder Woman on the television show, um, when we kind of saw Linda Carter doing it and we were first introduced, it, it took place during World War II. And I thought it was really smart that they took it back to World War I because they made the whole plot be about Ares, the god of war, and the idea that the entire world was gathering to join in this, this single war was a clever way to say, and, and that, of course, did happen, World War I. Um, it was a clever way of saying, like, hey, you know, what would make this woman leave Paradise Island and fulfill this, you know, she had this kind of, uh, it, what did she say? She said, uh, as Amazons, it was their sworn duty to, to stop Ares. And so I thought it was a very clever idea. It's also a hun- exactly 100 years ago. So that was, you know, like 1917 uh, mm-hmm. was when the movie takes place. Uh, I thought it was it was kind of a clever sort of a positioning of, of ideas. I really enjoyed the notion that there was like the red herring of like, ooh, the Germans, because we were normally used to seeing Germans as Nazis or German villains in movies. And there was a German heavy, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the main villain because... I like that notion of uh, like Chris Pine, who who when he kind of does the toast with his other kind of comrades, he his uh, his other buddies, he they say that thing where it's like, may we get what we want, may we get what we need, but may we not get what we deserve, because he was essentially saying, hey, you know, uh, we're all responsible. You know, we're all in this. We have all done bad things. And it was a new take on a war movie. We're not a new, brand new, but it was like, it, it was a, the new take on a, on a studio war movie where they're not letting anyone off the hook. But what was clever about it was Wonder Woman was not part of that system that she's not responsible and and it, and and I thought that was very clever because she did have a sworn duty. She did want to go in and do a thing, right on down to like the the no man's land scene, which was like a big deal. They're all kind of running through, and Chris Pine's like, "No, we got to go this way, and you can't go there. No man, we call it no man's land because no man can cross it." And uh, and she says, "No, but they're people, and they're you know they need our help." And this is and and he says, "Diana, that's not what we came to do." And I love how she said, but it's what I came to do. That was that was badass. I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. I liked those ideas nested in this big superhero movie. I felt like 100 years ago is just about where we can have technology, but still sort of have, you know, not be completely detached from it. Um, I, I thought it was, I thought some of that stuff was really good and really clever. I had some problems with, you know, and I've talked to other women too, cause I, cause I wanted to see like, is it just me? Am I self-conscious of this? But there are moments where, she, where it, it, it almost becomes a, like a, like a fashion commercial moment, like where she's kind of a little too pretty in some, some bits, but I like how they kind of dove in. I actually really enjoyed the uh, the, the the no man's land sequence, um, but I even had someone tell me like they thought they they thought she was a little kind of with the 
curly hair and all that. They were a little self-conscious in that. I had, I felt more like that uh, in the final battle because it's very golden and there's these moments where she's like, I believe in love. And I, 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 it almost took me out of the movie. Joss Whedon wrote that. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, like there are these moments where, where also, you know, uh, they, when they, when they have the whole Ares reveal, it, it, Suddenly, Ares is very much like Magneto. He can like stop. Yeah, well, that was missiles my and main bullets. Problem and with the movie was the turn ending. things around, and 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 she becomes very much like Neo. Like like I I right up front, and 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 you kind of made fun of me in the movie theater because like <laughs> right up front when they're like the weapon, the the, the god killer mm-hmm. weapon. I you know I knew right away, of course, that she was this weapon not uh, an object and then she was going to learn about this but that's a that's a kind of a, a trope that happens in movies where the where the the main character finds out they're the key that they're yeah. the one you know but then they kind of leaned in pretty hard on that and essentially had her become neo at one point where there's no there's no reason why things are kind of coming at her and they're kind of like exploding they did not explain why she stopped those things remember do you remember that there's this moment where like Ares throws like all these shells or you know bullets and shells at her and they just explode around her like she has a force field there's no no reason uh and and you know I feel like that kind of undermined the setup that they had really built um but I I mean I like the movie you know, I, mm-hmm. I, so, so it's, it's, it's hard for me to really dig in with my criticism because I wanted it. I want, I want it to succeed just because I want to see this win. I want it to all carry out. And I feel like when she kills the kind of, when she dispatches the first villain and she thinks everything's going to be over and it's not, there's that moment where it's, it's revealed, but then the sword is kind of stuck <laughs> in through, <laughs> through the roof of the part that we both noticed in the movie. And that was kind of like, a, uh, you know, and knowing that Patty Jenkins is, had also has some background in comedy, I, I'm hoping that she knew that was there and kind of thought it was going to be funny. Um, Most people wouldn't even notice that. But yeah, perhaps. But there's like, you know, she literally goes to like reach for her sword behind her, you know, it's kind of behind her back and it's not there and she looks and she realizes it's oh it's like stuck in the still stuck in the bad guy on the roof and she kind of like the, the they cut away they cut away they cut back and, and she jumps down with the sword yeah. and it's kind of like, like Aries was just like waiting go? <laughs> are you going to get your little, sword I'll, I'll wait awkward. here but I, I, I mean again I, I, I really I wanted it to win I wanted it to, to succeed so I kind of looked the other way and I will say that from from the the people that I have heard, um, mostly the the women that I've kind of talked to who've seen it, who either a don't see a lot of action movies, or when they do, they don't they don't fully identify with them because they don't have a a character to kind of latch onto. And so this is the first time, or for a lot of people, the first time that they can kind of latch on to a main character and be driven through this movie and so i'm i was thrilled that that it like that's what i was happy about most happy about with this movie so 
There you go. I agree. <laughs> You've said it all. <laughs> well, so, so, all right. So when I say that there's an homage to Superman in it, uh, you that's know, not a tip of the hat. To that's Superman. not a no, no. There's there's a legit, and you know you know the sequence, right? Do you know the scene when they're in the alleyway? Yeah, and she stops the bullet. Right. It's a it's a it's a very conscious nod to uh, yeah. to Superman. Uh, I I love that. I I, uh, I definitely feel like the dis- destroying Ares has a. You know, you, you you kill the wicked witch of the West, and then everybody's happy at the end. And yeah, they're all hugging the spell, each other. The, at the, the, end. the spell is lifted. I kind of feel like there's kind of nods like that. Um, but probably the biggest moment that I noticed about the design of the Wonder Woman movie, which is not bad. In fact, it was probably the best part, or the second best part was how they uh killed off or spoiler alert what 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 the fate of uh <laughs> I just said it but what the fate of Chris Pine's character was very upsetting it was upsetting to a lot of people but it was lifted right out of Buffy the vampire slayer did you did we talk about this yes well so do you did did you once i brought it up did you i remembered it yeah like i didn't remember it as i was watching the movie well so i did but I thought it was actually pretty, I thought it was a pretty clever sort of use of that device. Now, I, um, I don't expect everybody to, to, to even know that straight off the top. But another spoiler alert, if, you know, I'm a big fan of Buffy and, and uh, anybody who um, remembers Buffy, there was basically they were going to cancel the show. And so Joss decided to, in the story, kill off Buffy and so he went through the whole season of season five kind of setting up this whole thing where she meets the first slayer and the first slayer says uh, death is your gift your, you know death is your gift and she's like great I'm a slayer I kill people that's my gift great you know and they kind of give her a sister kind of out of the blue and the sister is uh, the, the key and they say that the sister has been formed she's a energy and she was taken they took a piece of the slayer to make dawn her sister and so the so the slayer would protect her and there's this whole setup and it's great it's great and um we kind of move towards the end of this big bad climactic battle where glory who is the villain and a god who's like a kind of neutered god who wants to regain her power she wants to she needs to use the blood blood from dawn from the key to to open up a portal to usher in her era of like you know ruling the world and so dawn gets cut blood starts to flow the world's going to end Buffy goes up to grab Dawn and help her out. And, and there's this whole kind of moment of recognition where Dawn says, well, I, got, I guess I got to go and kill myself and close this portal. And Buffy sort of realizes everything in this moment and hears the Slayer again say, uh, you're, you know, death is your gift. And all these things sort of happen at once. And she actually looks and sees the sun start to rise. It's Dawn. And 
in that moment, Buffy realizes something and she grabs Dawn and she says, Dawn, Dawn, listen. And it, it's, it's, she pulls her close and it cuts sort of far away where you see Buffy talking to Dawn, but you don't know what they're saying. And she's saying something and Dawn just kind of doesn't, you know, is taking it in. And then Buffy turns on her heel and she dives into the fray and closes the portal, but also dies in that process. And it's super triumphant and sad and everyone's sad, but Buffy saved the day and it's the end of the series or supposedly before they bring her back. But while they're kind of all mourning the death of this hero, we then flash back to what Buffy was saying to Dawn and it was poetic and it was great. And that's exactly what they used for, uh, for Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman and Chris Pine. And I think that that was used to a very good effect where the idea was when she kind of, it's that moment where her, her ears are ringing and Chris Pine kind of comes up to her and, puts the watch in her hand and she's like what I can't hear you and he's saying something to her and she's looking at him but we can't and it's kind of abbreviated and then he goes off and he sacrifices himself and it was it was great and then we kind of come back and we actually hear everything you know she remembers and we hear everything and I thought that was a really good use of that device Joss Whedon wrote that (laughs) Well, technically, <laughs> right? That. If you're gonna if you're gonna ape, you're gonna you steal. You steal from the best. But I I felt like those two moments the 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 no man's land that sequence, and then that sort of concluding sort of nod, which was lifted out of Buffy. I think those were the things that made that movie great. And so yeah, I was a big fan. I was a big fan. What do you think of any of those sequences in the, the long, drawn-out way that I, <laughs> I <laughs> Your 45-minute explanation. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Again, only one out of 100 people would get those references. I mean, I guess, I don't know, it's not stealing. No, I, I mean, it, it, was, it was definitely repurposing something, I think. Yeah. But it was do- doing it to a really good effect. And I know that Joss Whedon had written a, 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 a draft of Wonder Woman, so I'd be curious Wonder, to know... If that was in there, but I don't think it is. I think that uh, the, the Alan Heinberg, I think, is the writer for the movie, and he has written comics, and he uh, is a screenwriter in his own right. And maybe the whole writers' room didn't even realize what they were doing. I mean, I'm just I'm citing it because it is definitely not an on the nose ripoff of anything else. Where where I would say. Ares being more like Magneto is definitely on the nose, right? Uh, just like out, lifted out of the X-Men or, or, or something. Yeah, yeah, um, his, his helmet. And I feel like there's moments in Wonder Woman where like, she has these bracelets, and when she clashes them together, it seems to release energy that she's been charging up, but they don't really explain it like that. And I, I feel like in movies, you should kind of explain that. And so there's little things in there that like, could have been i think handled a little a little bit better and i do definitely feel like there's some on the nose lifts but i feel like that thing with the uh chris pine um death i think it was handled well even though it was sort of uh, taken from something else well, if you're gonna 
nod to something else, at least nod to something else that's like really well written and a good yeah. idea. Yeah. The, the, uh, what it all, I also really, I, I kind of like, in a movie when, when you have a setup and then a payoff, I really appreciate it. And so one thing I was a big it fan of. It all wrapped up at the end and it came. Yeah. Like everything, all the loose ends were tied up. Everything made sense at the end. There was nothing like. I mean, personally, I would have liked it a little better if... I thought it would have been stronger if there was no Ares. Okay. Because the whole... It seemed like the whole movie is leading up to man isn't the best and man did this and we're responsible for killing everything. Like you said before, may we not get what we deserve because like, it's therefore like Amer- America and England aren't doing that nice things in the war the same yeah. way the Germans aren't. And then when she kills the German guy at the end and the war is not over and she's like, what happened? It should be over. That was Ares and... And Chris Pine even says, like, no, like, I'm basically, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but, like, we did this. Like, yeah. we're not perfect. But then, no, there is an Ares who's kind of responsible. <laughs> and when she kills him, that Germans start hugging the, the British and, like, what? <laughs> like, how do you explain World War II? How do you explain, like, Vietnam? And You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to think that, like, Ares was responsible for, like, the war happening... It just they needed someone for her to fight at the end. Yeah, well, I, but I guess Ares did does also say, "I just got everybody close, yeah, but they no. still man." I just push them in the right direction, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you need like a big battle at the end. But I don't know; they could have had like come up with something else other than. And he starts throwing things at her, and she's throwing things back at him, and it's kind of like, when's this going to end? You know, like that was the only part that it became like a special effects fest. Yeah. Well, I, all right. So wait, really quick. The, the the when when they did the whole uh, shield and Robin Wright and doing the leap and the whole. I mean, actually, I do want to say something about the accents also. Yeah. Right. I really didn't like the mascara's lady's accent, but I I liked the way that they positioned it because Gal Gadot is an Israeli actress who is speaking English with her. Her natural speech in English has this accent. So I thought it was kind of clever to have basically all the other cast from Paradise Island speak in this weirdly broken Greek, you know, like Mm -hmm. Greek accent and or Israeli accent. They're all talking in this weird accent. But then when she spoke, because she was all, you know, super earnest it, it, it like she was the clearest voice of reason and you know earnestness um and i think that the, that was an interesting sort of a design but if you remember there's that whole sequence where robin wright's character kind of does the thing with the shield and she like leaps off the shield and then shoots the arrows and it was really cool and then chris pine is trying to figure out how to get the guy the villain out of the tower because there's a sniper at a tower after the in the um, no man's land sequence the end of that and he like takes a, a piece of the tank and uh, gets her to do that same sort of move. I thought that was a cool. I thought it was a pretty cool moment, and uh, and a, again a setup and a payoff to get like to have Wonder Woman and yeah. if you get a lot of good scenes in a movie. You'll have a good movie. You got a good movie. I also actually visually thought it was pretty powerful that like them pulling that little moment off because she literally bashes into the top of a church, takes out the steeple, and then when she kind of comes up, uh, you know, out of it, 
everyone's like looking up at the top of the church and then they're kind of like almost not so worshiping a figure. There's always a Christ figure. But what I also thought was pretty powerful was the Christ figures had traditionally never been female. Mm, no. And I think it's actually pretty interesting because historically the church has always suppressed female as any kind of a leader any kind of a power image. And so it was really, really powerful. It resonated also in another very powerful way to see a woman kind of ascend like that in this movie who she's already a feminist icon and all that other stuff. So I really did appreciate that too. So basically I'm saying I like the movie. I like the movie. <laughs> to wrap up <laughs> so the experiment. Dave really liked the movie. So so everybody, uh I, I say I like the I liked Wonder Woman. Thumbs up. I'm 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 Looking literally putting it. Vic to sleep because really what he wants to do is we're on our way to go see Spider Man Homecoming. Uh he's got a Spider Man T shirt on. I think he's already done with Wonder Woman. And uh how do we say we're gonna close out the uh the podcast is the exp- over, but the experiment continues. There you go. Something I love like it. That. I love it. And we're with working that, on a catchphrase, folks. <laughs> and with that, we're going to get out of here. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to me rant. Uh, you know, mom and whoever else is listening. <laughs> did, it, did it pick up my snoring when you were ranting? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank God. It picked up the dog barking, but not my snoring. It did. It did. It did. But anyway, thanks for listening. And um, come on back. Yeah.